drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Trevor Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Troy Lyons! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. It is Friday, everybody's favorite day of the week, and we're back here talking Lions with the one and only Grifsky. I'll get to him in a moment. You know what he'll have for you, the local weather report, as well as his favorite acronym. But it is Friday. We um, NFL free agency starts on Sunday through Tuesday is the open tampering. And uh, I'm just so curious to see what the Lions are going to do. So we're, we'll talk about that. We've got some hot topics here that you're definitely going to want to hear my take and, and Grifka's thoughts on things. So let's not mess around. Let's get right into it. Grifka, it's a Friday, man. How are you? How are you, buddy? Oh, man. It's just uh, I know I did a weather report on Wednesday, but, you know, gosh, it's just so nice coming out of winter. How can I not do one again? It is supposed to be almost 60 degrees here in Michigan. I know people who live out in warmer weather is like laughing right now and they're busting out their triple fat goose coats in 60 degree weather but hey man we're getting out the wine shirts flip flops the freaking shorts we are grilling here this weekend it's supposed to be 60s and 50s son how can you go wrong here in the beautiful state of michigan you know tgif <laughs> oh my gosh that's that's like a it's a bell for the weather report it's a bell for the tgif <laughs> like you brought up triple fat goose which i thought was tremendous that's a double <laughs> just because that was such a good pull by you uh grifka we we got lots to chat about today like there's so much like i know we've been doing our game rewinds we'll be done with those today thank goodness it was a tough season but there's so much to talk about like i I can't believe like we haven't even got into free agency a ton. You know, we haven't talked a ton about the draft probably because you're not prepared, but like we got a lot to get into, man. It's like, I think the draft's 40, like two days away, somewhere in that range. Like we got to get into this, man. What the heck's going on with our lions? Let's do this. This is one thing I really was talking about. I heard, I heard um, a conversation earlier this week on one of the local sports talks. And um, I want to get you, your opinion on this i mean we're both big carry on johnson fans and um we both think he shows flashes but he has a lot of trouble right now just staying on the field he has his first couple of years and you know this could be his make or break here with the team either it's just like if you can't stay healthy it might you know be time to cut bait but one of the things bob quinn really wanted to do you know when he stated in his press conference when he got here was that he really wanted to, i guess for lack of a better term fix the run game so man just a couple questions for you man it's just like you know, I, I really want to get your opinion. Do you think Karrion Johnson is still like a number one running back or is this something maybe the Lions need to address in free agency or the draft? Um, you know, and you know, Bob Quinn, where do you think, where do you think he's at, at fixing this run game, you know, with offensive line, other, other, um, you know, skill positions, wide receivers, quarterback, you know, we keep, you know, everybody keeps talking, Oh, we need more wide receivers. These guys are getting old. I mean, well, doesn't that take away from the run game when we're looking to pass the ball, you know, or does that enhance the run game where people, you know, aren't in the box? What's really your opinion on, you know, carry on where this run game is at with this team. Griff, could, did you say carry on? Oh, yes, I did. Carry on my wayward son. Grifka, lots of good stuff there. This is normally where I ask, is that a real question? But this is a dang real question. This is a big question. I'm so glad we're going to tackle it right here, right now, because you said we're both fans of carry on. Now I got carry on and a couple of my deep 32 team fantasy leagues. I saw him after his rookie year and thought he had burst. He could catch the football. He had everything you look for and kind of, you know, a, a lead running back, but also just a guy that could finally be consistently productive, meaning like not going to run for a hundy every time, but also going to be consistent, be a good football player, boost our run game. Now he's two years in uh, or whatever, and he's had 
two injury-riddled seasons. Is he two or three years? Is this year three coming up? This is year three. Three, right? So he, he balled out and won, but he was also hurt. And then he was really hurt. Um, majority of last year, what he play? F- five, six games, maybe. You know, yeah, so roughly, he came back at the end of the season, showed yeah. his fresh legs. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see him back, but I I don't want to say I've cooled on the guy, but I've it's just kind of everybody's beating him up for the injuries, acting like he's uh, you know totally injury prone. And my my counter to that was, well, you could have said the same thing about Stafford. He was injury prone years one and two, and then he went a decade not getting hurt. I mean, running backs a different animal. But there's no reason that Kerryon Johnson can't have a healthy 2020, 2021, and then people aren't talking about his injuries. They're saying, like, wow, we forgot how good this guy could be or what he could add to our run game. So, like, I'm torn between, you know, am I should I be excited about that or should I also be questioning that we can't always just do the Oakery style, which is always going to be healthy, it's going to work out perfect, he's going to ball out because, you know, you need to have backup plans in case that doesn't happen. So... When it comes to the run game, like I'm a proponent of, you know, rolling with Carrion, Bo, and your boy Ty Johnson, you know, as your main. But I, I'm definitely not opposed to adding. I just don't know what adding means. I feel like if you added a beast, you know, we talked about Melvin Gordon recently. Like to me, Melvin Gordon and Carrion could be a top combo meal with Bo as a as a really good side item. You know, that could be, you know a great meal, you know, when you're talking about what we're looking for in the run game. But if you don't get a guy like that, then you're relying on carry on to be a really big piece. And then you're also probably bringing in a new kid, you know, a rookie in the, I've done million mocks as you've seen on Twitter, Griffka. And like, for me, the sweet spot for running back is rounds four, five, you know, in that range, like holding your water in the beginning, not getting tempted by Jonathan Taylor, JK Dobbins, whatever it may be, just letting those guys pass by for the most part, unless the value is just crazy and waiting till rounds four or five and being like, Oh man, you know, I, I gotta have, um, you know, some of these guys in that sweet spot that can, can do it for you. So I, I think that we still need something extra, but I feel like Bob Quinn feels like he's got three guys he can make it work with and wants to spend the money other places. Now, quick, quick to your second one, you kind of threw in as a side question, but I think it needs some more time is in general, what you said about the offense, like everyone's clamoring for one or two receivers in the draft. Like if you really look at the lions, yeah, they don't have receivers locked up for the next two, three years after this 2020 season, but they do have basically every, everybody coming back. You got Kenny, Marvin, Danny off the top. You just invested a fifth uh, when they get Fulgham in the sixth round, Pick 184 overall. I've got it right here. Uh, Travis Fulgham, you know, you didn't see much from him, but I wouldn't be giving up on him. Marvin Hall made plays down the field. So when you're talking about the offense, like I think, you know, running back is where you'd like to add. You also do want to get that line to protect your quarterback. And yeah, you need, you need wide receivers and they're fun to add, but you do have a full group coming back. Where are you going to put them? You know, you're going to try to sneak them on the practice squad or you're going to push them way down the roster when you could have gotten another position that could help. So that's my that's my big take, man, on the offense carry on and uh, where they're headed. I think that uh, my hope for the guy, but I I can't pencil him in anymore is just this stud until I see it again. Extended period. I can't see it for a game or two any more than that from him. Yeah, that's one of those things like. I'm still a fan of him and I still think he can, you know, you know, do good things for this team just by, you know, watching the few games that he played last year and expression, you know, these games that we have coming up here, you know, like showing the flashes, but you know, right now, I mean, it's, it is, it's bad. He's getting the, it sounds like he's almost fans, you know, even some of the media is going to give him that China doll, you know, um, you know, moniker where, like you said, I mean, that was Stafford at first. I mean, your boy, what was it? Zach Follett called him the China Duff. And then he got hurt, injury, ended his career. Ha ha ha, Zach Follett. But um, that, um, I, I'm, I'm not for sure if, if the carry on is going to be the same way. He, you know, it could be healthy if you get like maybe somebody, you know, like you said, a Melvin Gordon. And I, I don't want to draft a, a running back that early. I'm not looking for a second round, even if the Lions trade back, you know, get a running back in the first round. Because you're right, there. This it's a pretty deep draft for running backs. And it seems like the way running backs now go in the NFL, you need that combo. There's not the, there's not that, 
Adrian Peterson, Emmett Smith, you know, workhorse <laughs> anymore that's going to get, you know, 25, 30 carries a game. It just seems like teams don't do that anymore. They want two, you know, two solid running backs. So uh, I don't know if, I don't know if you, you can depend on carry on being the one a guy though, the guy, you know, when, you know, they're announcing the starters, you know, at the super bowl or whatever that he's the running back running out of the tunnel as the starter, you know, or, you know, when they show the starting lineups on the, on the TV, he's the guy there. I, I don't know if he's that, he just, like you said, he just hasn't shown enough and those flashes are just enough to get you salivating. But, you know, you're almost waiting for like, it seems like he gets hurt on like these innocuous plays where it's just like, He's slow to get up, and you watch the replay. Even in slow motion, it's just like, what what really happened there? That didn't look that bad, you know. So I don't I, I don't know. Griffco, everybody everybody listening knows you're not quite for sure. But one of our gimmicks on the show is that you uh, you ran down my my answer basically point by point. That's why I had to do this to you multiple times. Yep. Like so, basically, you agree. I agree with you. <laughs> what else we got? <laughs> I, um. Just the you followed up with like the wide receivers. You mentioned that. Do you think having you know a number of wide receivers kind of hurts the running game? Do, do you think that's a possibility where you have these guys that you know they want to get paid, so they want the ball? You know, so do you think that can hurt you know the running game as well? No, I don't. I don't think so. I I feel like it's a passing league. I I feel like it's great. Like the best offenses you know, are able to stretch you with three wides, you know, you got to have three guys that can all get it done, you know, two guys on the outside and a, and a decent slot to compete when it comes to, to receiving, in my opinion, and being a prolific passing game. Um, you know, I just, I just feel like the Lions depth, you know, last year, once we got a few injuries, you know, did not show very well. But I think like when you look at it heading into 2020, let's say, let's say Marv Kenny and, and Danny do, less than they did in 2019, but all have pretty good seasons. So you got that going for you. Let's say you get a burner in the draft. I'm talking anywhere from rounds three to round six. You find a guy that's got crazy juice, speed, athlete, can go up over the top, maybe get you some splash plays. So between him or Marvin Hall, that's going to be your speed player. Fulgham, you know, makes the roster. He's kind of like that five, six receiver, plays some special teams. Like, I know it's not a ton of huge names. Like even, even to me, I kind of have said on a few um, podcasts and other things I've done, like I've been the biggest Kenny proponent and I've been the guy that's sort of been saying like, you hear all this stuff about him getting a new deal, getting paid, you know, $15 million a year. Like I'm, I'm cautious on that. Not because Kenny's not a good player, but I still don't really know, you know, what is his ultimate ceiling? Is he the alpha dog one that's really going to catch you a hundred some balls, you know, 1200 yards a season and 10 touchdowns. I mean, he got similar to those numbers last year, but we didn't win any ball games and it, it just, I'm a little hesitant. I could see him taking a little bit of a step back. Same with Marvin. So that's where the new blood comes in is, yeah, I would like to see not only a, a good receiver brought in, but a guy that, you're planning for the future. So maybe he's can learn behind Danny slot, but also has way more speed and can bring that element to the offense. So I don't think it hurts the running game by any means of anything. Having all those receivers should open up the run game. Like when Reginald Bush came here and he was like, nobody even plays your run game, you know, because you had all these receivers and could wing it around. So if anything, it should open it up and should let, when you do run it, there should be nobody in the box and be able to make hay, which hopefully a healthy carry on and bow can do that. And like I say, let's say they add a, a crazy player like a Cam Akers or a Edwards Alaire or they wait longer and they get Zach Moss, who's not a burner, but he's a he's a good piece you could add to that run game. I mean, those four or five guys should be able to get it done much much more so than we we have in the past where we had one or two receivers, <clears throat> your boy Calvin and nobody else, and then the run game we just had nobody else. <laughs> See, I'm, 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 I like how you got that in with Calvin because I think the team could use Calvin right now, but uh, he was one of those uh, 
Hey, Earth, you know, Earth to Grifka, he, he quit on life like four years ago when he left his yeah. team high okay, and dry so and, somebody, and then complained you know, like about $2 million <laughs> they took from him like a little baby. Yeah, yeah, he's he did that. I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you got that news he, he's, he's doing fine in the green business now. I think we all know what we're talking about there. Oh, yeah. Between that and meeting up with Dave Burkett every two months for their their fireside chat, and I hope he's doing great. Grifka, don't get me on that. I mean, if anything, let me okay. do my Martha impersonation right <laughs> Rather than my Calvin rant today, please. Okay, uh, maybe maybe later. So, uh, um, but l- like you mentioned with wide receivers, I think with wide receivers, the biggest thing is I like what the Lions have because I, I know we we talked about this and I've said this and everybody brought up the Cleveland Browns last year with all these weapons and you know and, and you you really like OBJ and I I always thought Jarvis Landry was better than him and you can debate <laughs> that, but both those wide receivers are like they consider themselves number ones. And I know, you know, it happens in, you know, other sports like basketball. It's like they get these guys together and like, you know, they say like, oh, these guys will put their egos aside. Yeah, they will for like the Olympics, but they're not going to do it for a whole year. And that's what, if OBJ and Jarvis Landry both see themselves as the number one wide receiver, and then you have a good run, you have a stud running back and, you know, and, and joke with tight end, there's still only one ball and there's going to be points where guys are going to, they, they're going to want that ball. So what the Lions have in Marvin Jones and, and you know, Galladay right now at this point, and I realize Jones is what a free agent, you know, next year and they signed Amendola again and Amendola knows his role. You know, he's not, he's not always got to be the guy looking for the ball. I think that's what you need with wide receivers there, which will help the running games. They're potent enough where it's going to keep guys out of the box, which will open up the running game. Like you said, but I don't think you can have like these stud wide receivers. You know, I mean, we all saw Jerry Rice at the end of his career where Terrell Owens was kind of taking the mantle from him out in San Francisco. And Terrell Owens caught that ball against Green Bay in the playoff game to win the game. And Jerry Rice was pretty mad about it, for lack of a better term. You know, because he, he still saw himself as the alpha dog on that team. And that can kind of fracture locker rooms when you got guys like that. So I'm not saying like Jerry Rice, but you have attitudes like that. It can fracture a locker room. So if you have those wide receivers that know their roles, you know, okay, so yeah, that guy's the one, I'm the two, you know, three, and but they're potent enough to like pull defenders away from the box. That can only help the running game right there. Grifka, before I give you my retort, I'll just do this just for you since you mentioned the team that I think will have a huge bounce back 2020 as well. But this is for you just so you can have a moment of glory. I'm like, that's Baker Mayfield right there. Baker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just want to let you know. He sucks, okay? Yeah, there you go. Mark it down. <laughs> there you go. We haven't played it for a while. Tell you, your grandma. You talked about my boy Odell, which, uh, again, will be another top. He'll be in the top 10, top eight receivers again here in 2020 as well. But you're, you're over here talking about egos. Like, yeah, I agree. you got some crazy egos on the uh, Cleveland Browns. But we have probably the most humble receiving core in the game, nobody's nobody. We don't have any Michael Irvins on our team or any any dogs. And in, in that sense, we've just have humble football players. And like say, none of them are signed past 2020. I mean, like say, Danny's only here. The other guys aren't up. Sure, they'll probably bring back Kenny, hopefully on a good price. But I mean, I think we forgot to talk about one guy in the passing game, Grifka. His name is TJ Hawkinson. Like this guy is humble as a mouse too. Like I'm just hoping he can put up make plays and play the middle of the football field. Cause how are you going to deal with the Detroit lions? If, if those three guys are all making plays, none of them are like craving the football. There's no locker room issues. And you've got a slot, two outside guys, a, a big time tight end in the middle. You've got, um, you know, backup receivers and maybe a, a rookie that comes in. That's got crazy speed. Like, I think we should be able to wing it around all day. And then like say a lot of our running backs can catch as well. So that's, that's again, where a lot of my belief in the Detroit lions uh, comes in for 2020 because they, they can, they can spread you out. They can sling it around and all they got to do is be able to run it better and keep their quarterback upright. And we should be good on the offense side of the ball. Yeah. I, the tight end, I actually thought you were going to mention was, um, you know, Jesse James, you know, mentioned because he's a piece of crap (laughs) i think he likes to hear his name because they never throw the ball so it never gets announced over the pa (laughs) oh my gosh i've got uh i'll have to find it here before we move too far i i I know i have a drop somewhere for jesse james (laughs) where is it (laughs) 
Uh, well, the, the only tight end that ever dropped crap around here was Eric Ebron, Owen, <laughs> Ben Pettigrew, and David Sloan. Sorry, you know, so I regressed. So as you look for that, let me uh, let me pose this last question to you. Um, you know, we mentioned, um, you know, a big part. Everybody's like, it just always seems like everybody's like, oh, just go get another running back. Everybody always thinks that like the problem with the Detroit offensive, you know, running game is always just the running back. Oh, just go get another running back. Go get another running back. Where do you think the offensive line plays in this? I mean, it sounds like Graham Glasgow is getting, you know, not going to be resigned. I know we talked about him. Um, they've drafted guys early, like Lakin Tomlinson. You know, you know he's gone. Riley Reef, they let him walk to go get Taylor Decker. Where do you think this offensive line is? And then with this, you think there maybe you know, was a Joe Tooney from New England's out there. A lot of people think that they're going to sign. Maybe draft another guy. Maybe you know, maybe Obushi Wiggins resign those guys. Where do you think this offensive line is and where this would play into the running game as well? Oh, Griff, I couldn't come through for the people and find the drop I want, but this one's applicable to Jesse James before I talk about our offensive line. Hey, Jesse James, Charles got a little something for you. That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> That's what I thought of you in 2019. You are a slug. You make seven, eight, six, seven million dollars a year. How about you make more than, I don't know, like what you have, eight catches last year maybe, you piece of garbage? Uh, anyway, back to the offensive line. Grifka, like, when it comes to the offensive line, like, I'm, I've come your way a little bit. You know, we've had our battles about Taylor Decker and Rick Wagner and all that. Like, I guess where I sit on it is, like, unfortunately, after four or five years of Bob Quinn, like, we really only have Frankie Ragnow seems to be a, a stalwart in the middle. You know, we're moving on from Graham Glasgow, which I think they'll be able to plug either in free agency or have to make it a priority in the draft. I don't know what we have in Joe Dahl. I feel like Taylor Decker, as much as I try to back him up, he's he's a middle to slightly above average left tackle. And then Rick Wagner is average on, right, on the right side but and is highly overpaid, but also... You know, offensive tackles, just like most positions now, are getting paid ridiculous money. So you can't just, like, get rid of these guys and say, oh, I've got $10 million for cutting Ricky Wagner because uh, another tackle that's halfway decent is going to cost you 12 or 13 or whatever it is these days. So, you know, you're talking about Graham Glasgow getting $10 million. Griffka, here's a quiz for you. Do you know what Graham Glasgow made his whole rookie contract Total dollars. I want to see if you have any clue why I talk about the draft so much and why it's so dang important. Four years, Graham Glasgow played almost every snap, every game for the Detroit Lions. What did he make in total? And she probably got uh, maybe what, 15 mil, maybe? <laughs> oh, total I'm over so, the years? I'm so glad you said that, Grifka. Listen to this. Graham Glasgow played offensive guard, banged heads, beat himself up, played every game for the Detroit Lions for four years. That's 365 days he was employed for the Lions per year times four. He made a total of $3 million in total for those four years for being a third round, a upper third round draft pick. Not, Holy 50, crap. not, not 15 million Griffco over those four years, three. <laughs> like, like that's why it's so ridiculous. These deals that second, third, fourth round are peanuts. They're not, I don't even see, I, I, told uh, uh, Big Hughes, I wrote him and I said, I, I don't even know why they would play. Like, you're just playing, getting yourself beat to shreds, hoping you make it to that second deal. And then if he gets the eight, 10 million he hopes for, okay, maybe it averages out to be decent. But so I guess back to my point about the offensive line, like, I feel like they got a lot of work to do. I feel like you can get by with Taylor Decker, Ragnow and Wagner for 2020. I feel like Joe Dahl may be serviceable. And between Ben Schwal, remember they got uh, Joshua Garnett, who we both thought is going to be a, uh, you know, possibly either a tackling dummy or just a, uh, a guy that might make it out of camp. I mean, unless one of those guys surprise you, you're looking at two to three spots. You either have to replace or you have to plan for the future. And my boy Crosby hasn't shown up. You know, he plays decent when he's in there, but it's it's like they don't have a big plan for him either. So I I'm like losing faith a little bit in the old line, but but in that meaning like I don't think we're Swiss cheese, but we're definitely not what they put the money into or I'm not calling us a dominant 
offensive line by any means. I'd say a little above average in pass blocking and, and still piss poor for the most part when it comes to run blocking. Yeah. I agree with you on that. <laughs> I, I do. You're I mean, stretching I, I mean, it. I like I came yeah, your I, way. I, you I, have to agree. Come on. Yeah. I, 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 well, just to kind of like say where they're at. I mean, everybody wants to bag on, I bag on Rick Wagner, but, I mean, he could be one of those cap casualties, and I'll know we'll talk about him, you know, later this year when we do our um, dollars and cents shows. But you're right; it seems like Crosby, when he's in there, he's serviceable. But is it a guy they want to roll with? I mean, they're letting everybody. Everybody's crying over Glasgow walking. It's like, okay, I mean, I like him too, but you know, if they, they, he wants to get paid top dollar, and he's and once again, he's decent, but he's not great. He's not that great. You know, he's, he's not. He's not Marshall Yanda, who just who just announced his retirement this week from the Baltimore Ravens. So, Grifka, when are we so, going to get an offensive line that does this to the opposing team? When are we going to punch them in the mouth and take their damn candy, man? We got some wimps up there. Like, let's get some some bulldozers. Let's get some nasty players other than Frank and you know, gosh, it's just like frustrates me, but we'll, we'll see what they do. Yeah. Bob Quinn might have a plan or like, I'm not giving up on some of these guys that they just don't have enough nasty for me. Right. Then my final question on this, actually, before we move on, do you think this run game is better, worse, or pretty much the same as when, uh, Bob, Qu- when Bob Quinn got here? Hmm, that's another good question by you, Griff. That's that's a new record high for you. I think that's two to three good questions on the show. We'll put you, I give my you a, this morning. We'll send you a gold star in the mail. But uh, man, it's a tough one. Like, I mean, I feel I want to say better, but like obviously 2019 was not better. Uh, we're back to that. Like, hey, the Lions ran for 30 yards that game. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah, we heard that story before. Um, but 2018 was better. You know, we we showed some flashes that we might have a, a top running back. I think, I think they could surprise again in 2020. I, I feel like I beat you up for Ty Johnson, and and the more I watched him, I felt like he's got the size profile as well as. We saw the speed at training camp that could be, he could be a little something. You know, I, I'm not sure what his ceiling is, but I feel like a 3-4 type running back with, with some juice would be nice if he can find it in him to hold on to the football and hit the crease every once in a, a while. So I think in 2020, you're going to see them be a uh, surprisingly good run game compared to what we've had in the past, which still is not saying a ton, but it's, I think you'll see kind of a big step forward where like most games will know, Hey, we can come in this game and get, you know, 80, 120 uh, on the ground and still throw it around. Like we'd like to, even if the 120 is like carry on with 65, you know, tie with 30 and then bow with another 30 or 40, you know, that kind of spread out. But I'd love, I'd love carry on and bow to just both be the, the thunder lightning combo and then Ty Johnson either find his, his role in the kick game or is be able to hit a home run every once. So that's what we're missing is that job at best. Like, Hey, you know, we got one good block from Frank and he hit the hole and he ran 60 yards. Like if we can't get that done, same with the receiver core. I, I can't, I can't dink and dunk all day. I need somebody like Marvin Hall did last year to all of a sudden, like we're in a rut and boom, 40 yard catch, 50 yard touchdown. Like, those are the type of players I want this year in the draft and in free agency, not the players that are kind of just, you know, nuts and bolts, get you five yards in a cloud of dust, catch a slant. Like we need, we need guys that can put the, put points on the board from deep because Safford threw a deep great last year when he was out there. So we'll see what happens, but I think the run game will be a, a pleasant surprise and don't be surprised if they add something big, either in free agency or the draft. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I think where the, I think the run game is better with talent, it just doesn't shown on the field yet. Um, I think Bob Quinn's done better with like you said with carry on and the other weapons that are on the field as compared to when Bob Quinn got here. Um, I know he signed Marvin Jones was first wide receiver, Kenny Galladay he got as a rookie, and but yeah. still I, I think it's better where it's at. Um, I still think it has a long way to go. I mean, obviously, you hear all those games the Lions were ahead late in the game and they either lost it in the fourth quarter because they didn't have that four-minute offense where they could just pound the ball and, and hold on to it. So um, What's crazy, I think it though, will be better. Than... I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
it's okay. But uh, I think that's where Scarborough can come in. I think a lot of people are just kind of washing him away, expecting the Lions just to go, go you know, go sign Derrick Henry. Okay, you know, let's you know hold the phone there. So, um, Griffka, that's yeah, that's think, your like, take. That would be your take normally. Oh, he's a good running back. <laughs> like, don't 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 beat up on the people when you've said that about many a players here on the show. Hey, hey, Oker, why don't we go get Derrick Henry? He'd be our best running back. Yeah, he'd also cost well, he, you $20 he million. Be, but I don't want to make no sense. Henry what Derrick Henry wants. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to follow up and say that, you know, the offense, when you really look at it as a whole, like it's been built kind of brick by brick, but I feel like it's a pretty dang good offense. You know, a balanced, good, like you said, no big egos, no guys that are going to be caught in the club, you know, type of thing. But this is kind of a crucial year to, to get it on track and, and also get the defense rolling, but also what are you going to do in 21, 22 to keep this going? Obviously you have Hawk there and maybe Galladay, but you're going to need to build the other pieces. So that's why I say it's the biggest off season in the history of the Detroit lions, but also this offense is built decent. But the counterpoint I was going to say to finish this up is like when you're talking about carry on Bo and Ty Johnson as your top three running backs. Like to me, that doesn't seem to measure up to the other really good run games in the league. Now I have people on Twitter always tell me Bob Quinn, he's not willing to put, nobody's willing to put anything into a running back. And I'm like, but we all know as football fans that you're, you're not going to be a dominant run game with those three. You might be, like average, above average, you might surprise me, but unless you add a really big piece or go out and get an electric rookie, those three guys are not going to be top 10 in the league, you know, where people come into Detroit and go, oh man, we got to watch out for Ty Johnson and Bo Scarborough, you know, but they might be decent as a whole is what I'm thinking. So, you know, I think I like our offense, but man, could it use some, some blue chip top type players or people when they come in, they're like, we got to watch out for that guy. And I think yeah. that's what this whole team needs is a couple more of those, like circle him in your calendar or in your program, because he's a problem. We don't have enough of those. We have some good players across the board, but no, no dominant ball players that we need to get over the hump. Yeah. It's like, it seems like at this point, it just seems like you mentioned the three lines running backs. It just seems like when defense coordinators look like, look at that, they know how to contain them. And that's where Stafford has to come in and pass the ball to open up that running game. And, you yeah. know, that's where, you know, they bust off those big runs. But if they were coming in, playing and I come in to stop the run game, it seems like the Lions offensive run, the running backs, they can be contained and held to those mediocre games. Even those three names, we're not talking when they had to play like Trey Carson or, you know, Wes right. Hills or anybody like that. So, Right. And, and again, comparing it against other teams, like, you know, there's multiple teams in the league where their top two guys are better than anybody on our depth chart at the running back position. You know, they might have yeah. three guys deep. The third guy might have crazy speed. We don't have that, you know, or I didn't see that last year from Ty Johnson. So sometimes I do compare us against other teams and I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, we like some of these players, but they sometimes they don't stack up the way you'd hope against other rosters. And that's what we're playing is the other rosters. So, like, we need to we need to up that overall blue-chip talent level and also hope that Bob Quinn's foundation, as he put it, comes through in 2020, which is like, wow, look at all these players that are a lot better than people have been ragging on them. Well, they had a terrible 2019, like it happens. So we'll see, we'll see, man. I'm excited about it. <clears throat> yeah. Well, let's do this. I know we ran a little long, but I really like that, man, because I know that's something um, we like to talk about and um, we haven't really dived into that yet. So let's take a quick uh, pause for the cause here and then we'll just uh, cover these last two games really quick. That way we can you know, finally close the door on the uh, 2019 season. Good stuff, Grifka. You you earned a uh, a prize, and I actually do have a surprise for you. I have to get to you next time I see you. But good stuff here on the show. We'll be right back to talk about these last two games of the 2019 season. And then Grifka, as as Bill Belichick and others say, we're on to free agency. We're on to the draft. I can't wait. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime on May 3rd. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. We couldn't do it without Spotify and Anchor. Uh, if you want to start your own podcast or you want to talk about uh, sports or music or anything, uh, please check out anchor.fm. Go uh, check them out. And uh, anytime you can either hit subscribe or leave us a positive review, that really helps out our show as well. So we thank you guys that have done that and that always uh, hit us up on Twitter and online and say how much you enjoy the show and the Griff Cabell and all the other funny gimmicks we do. And we also just love talking football with you. So um, good stuff. So Griffka, we love talking football. I don't know if we love talking about this type of football, which is we're going to talk about the Lions heading to Denver and then also your favorite team, the Green Bay Packers coming to Ford Field, the final game of the year, where you know we're pulling out some trick plays, because that's what we do in week 16, or 17, whatever, game 16, whatever the heck it was. Grifka, what the heck's going on with these games? Let's let's get through these. Yeah, let's just let's just make these quick, because I know people, <laughs> you know, are ready to move on to, you know, 2019, but once again, watching these games, you kind of pick up on other things. My biggest take from the Broncos game was like, I love those Bronco helmets. I love those old D with the Bronco inside. I love them so much more than those new uniforms. The old orange crush. I wish they would go back to those. I hate those new uniforms. I hate those uniforms Denver wears. Grifka, but, uh, anyways, it, isn't this... it crazy how we we go nuts? Like there's pretty much there's very few throwbacks that we don't like. It's all these like either new jerseys or am I mistaken? Did the Lions go with the aqua pants again in this game? I think they yep. did. I think they were in the white yep. crispies with the aqua pants. You know what that is? Automatic loss. <laughs> Never won. <laughs> Never won. <laughs> Absolutely. Gosh, embarrassing. Yeah. Once again, biggest takes on this. This seemed like one of those games because the Lions jumped out ten nothing early. It was that they had um. It was that uh, Blau Blau had some nice passes early on, led to a field goal, and then uh, Agnew had a nice you know punt return for a touchdown up ten nothing. I'm sitting here watching this game going. Cool. Awesome. Looks like they're going to try to win. But then they kind of turned <laughs> oh, into on. one of those games where like the NBA, where teams just trying to throw the throw the year to get a better lottery pick. It seemed <laughs> like at that point, they're like, OK, Lions run defense kind of show up like you guys have been because Royce Freeman and uh, Lindsey, once again, they just started to slash the uh, the Lions, you know, rush defense again. Oh, Griff, I just want to get in quickly that Jamal Agnew made one of his four plays a year that he makes. Uh, you know, I like Jamal Agnew coming out in the draft. He was like a sleeper. But if they're not going to use him on offense, he obviously can't cover anybody. And if he's only going to take a couple kicks back every blue moon and then also drop a few kicks a year that kill us, like, I think we got to move in a different direction from this guy. Get a guy that can return. And that can play some better corner. Grifka, I don't know, like maybe like we mentioned on Wednesday's show, like Noah Igbenagu. <laughs> I totally <laughs> messed it up that time. Damn it. Um. Anyway, the kid out of Auburn we might want to look at. He can return and do some things. But what I wanted to say is that. And then also, like you said, were you actually rooting for us to win? I thought I schooled you the last couple of years. There's no reason to win any of these football games like because we tanked and because we didn't come through in either of these two games is the reason we're picking three and might be able to trade for the greatest haul of draft picks we've ever acquired as a football team since your boy Roy Boy got dealt for two first rounders to Jarrah Jones and, and Chuck's favorite team. Like that was the greatest few losses we ever had. Like, don't tell me you're rooting them on because you want a victory to make you smile. We've, we've been through this. I know, but I always wanted to win. That's just the way it happens. But uh, Idiot. you're right. <laughs> we got to use our brains sometimes, Grifko. We can't be a, a lackey all the time, even though we love to, uh, I don't know, <laughs> do this. Drink it in, man. Corn, corn, cornbread. I mean, I can respect it, but you got to still use that uh, thing, thing between your ears, man. Let, let's keep it moving. Yeah, but like I said, just it seems like the defense showed up, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, blow. You know, when, you know, showed up again, you know, you had him, was it, he marched the team down the field because it was, what, 10-10 at halftime? You know, uh, you know, Denver was able to come back, and then uh, Denver took the lead early in the third, went up, you know, 13-10, but then Gallagher came down, and he, he had a nice short touchdown, 
and 17-13, once again, I'm like, hey, man, maybe they do want to win this game. And then once again, somebody called them and said, hey, you know, uh, you know we're trying to lose here, you know, because then was it uh, um, locked and made Drew Locke look like John Elway, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know who probably you know, called them, Grifka? I hate to interrupt you, but you know who probably called them? 989-272, Kevin Smith, Herman Moore. <laughs> like, it was probably your boy Oakery saying, hey, uh, you know, there's this thing called the draft, and you guys are about to ruin this. So can you kind of stumble over your own feet, take this L, because winning this probably would have taken us, what, to pick 8, 9, 10, and because we lost, it kept us in the game. So that, that was probably me from the, from the yeah, Kool-Aid so Cats line. I have a quick question for you. So they're winning this game at one point, and like you said, somebody made a phone call. What would Martha sound like if, if she called down wanting them to, you know, say like, hey, we can get a better draft if we're lost? <laughs> oh, man, I, I think it probably went something, uh, I don't know, like this. Hey, um, Matt, is Matt Pat there? Yes, uh, Matt Pat. My, my favorite memory is in 2020 when we win the Lombardi Trophy, but for now... We suck. Can you guys lose? I need this draft pick so I can make my dreams come true. Thank you. I'll see you at the sunglass hat. Bye now. <laughs> I think it went something like that. I mean, I probably called on a rotary dial if I had to guess, but that's 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 probably how it went. I don't know if that was the actual audio or not, but something. something. Uh, ro- rotary dial. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it took so long for them to. That's why it took so long for them, the Lions to like you know lose it in the fourth quarter because she started to place the call at, before <laughs> halftime. And that's right. Just took the, for the. I mean, it's hard to work the rotary dial with the blue blockers on too. I mean, you might you might one one number wrong, you got to start over. Yeah, it's like you got to hang up, do it again. It's like, do I have to dial nine? Do I have to put you know nine one with the area code? Is this long distance? Even though we're still in the same stadium. And I think it's great. I think it's great that Martha listens to the show because. Obviously, she does by calling him Matt Pat. I mean, who else does that besides the Detroit Kool-Aid cast and Martha Ford? <laughs> <laughs> she she has one of those cool golf carts, though, that looks like a Ford Mustang. So, oh, man. Get that, so, Martha, anyway, I hope your dreams come... come true, just like ours. We, yeah. we have the same dream. Uh, we just talk different. Uh, so, once again, Lions defense showed up in the second half like they had been, you know, pretty much the second half of the year. And um, they ended up losing this game 27-17. So, uh, it was one loss closer to the high draft pick. When, you know, Derek was happy with that. That way, uh, we didn't have to worry about falling to, like, number eight, you know, or something like that. So, yeah. um, Griffka, 27-17. There, there's nothing wrong with, like, wanting your team to win. But I'm saying you just have to, like, know when the breaking point is. Like, I even said before we went into, like, the Washington game, I was like – the Lions could run the table. And then as they lost that game, the next one, the next one, at some point it was kind of like, okay, just freaking lose. So we can like make this draft pick as good as we could, which we did. Like I, that's why I'm hoping for the 2020 bounce back because then we can look back and say, see, like everybody chalks it up as the worst season ever. And in reality, those lost last few losses might flip our fortunes for the next decade. That's what I'm hoping for because you know, one win for you and your lazy boy wasn't worth it at that point. That's all I want is for you to know when that breaking point is and to know that, hey, you, hopefully you don't have to see it anymore. But in 2019, yeah, that breaking point was about three games ago. So you should have been rooting for a loss like I do. Okay. Um, let's move on to the pack game, last game of the year. Um, this, I thought, was probably the best game they played. You know, you know, since that, since Stafford got hurt, you know, at that point in the season. Um Tell me what you thought when you saw the trick play, you know, Blau, you know, for the TD catch seven nothing. What were you thinking? <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, we we have a whole highlight tape of how to pull out your greatest plays of all time when they mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> like the only thing I'll give Bevel credit for is he had the he had the uh, how do I say it on the show the onions to do this earlier in the season when it did matter. But what are you going to go blow one of our good plays for in week 17 against the Packers when all we're trying to do is get out with the draft pick at this point. So I know everybody loved it. I know our hatred for the Packers with a little inkling of like, let's just go beat these sons of, you know what's, but really like, gosh, it's frustrating that you can't do this stuff in week six when we really need it. Or when me and you were in Lambeau field, you could, well, they did do the flea flake. Um, so <laughs> I can't say that, but yeah, it was just frustrating. It was kind of like, man, don't, don't do that. What are you doing that for? 
I remember we called it. We're like, watch them fake a kick or, or you know, what they do, the Matt Prater play the year before. It's it's like, come on, yeah. man. Like, it's just becoming ridiculous. Um, my favorite play of the game, you know, the Lions were up. They they just went up. Um, they were at 14-3, you know, late in the second quarter, right before halftime. And it was the play that it, it seems like every team seems to run when there's like 30 seconds left in the half. It's like, okay, we're just going to run up the middle, you know, if something busts free, it seems like it never works, but this time it did. Mike Johnson busted off that long run and got him down to uh, down in the field goal range, and they went up 17-3 at halftime. At this point in the game at half, up 17-3, beating your favorite team, or sorry, <laughs> your second favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, and your favorite and your favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who has such a great relationship with his family and brother that you know, I'm surprised they don't do like Christmas cards together and everything like that. What are you thinking? You know, seventeen three. Are you thinking don't blow this or like let's pull this out? Because at one point I tweeted, I'm just like I don't care. If they, you know, they fall the draft. Just go beat the dang Packers. Oh, of course you did, Griff. Like waffle maker. Like the re- the only reason you liked Ty Johnson's play is because the first play he made all year. So you could come on the next week and tell me, hey, see, remember when I told you Ty Johnson was good? See that run he had? I'm like, yeah, but I saw it. It was the only one he had speech. all year. What? <laughs> I mean, he had a fumble or two. I don't know if you want to count those as good plays, but they were plays. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Griff couldn't, like, I don't know. I th- There's really no bit of me that wanted this game. I mean, like you say, it's the, the thing I hated the most as we work our way to the end here is that you got up, you made the Griff because the world want to win this game. You, you, you put it on them, and then you did the slow bleed again like they did to us in Lambeau where they like, not only did they lose, they, they lost in the slow agonizing fashion that it, we had to let watch number 12, that smug piece of garbage. I mean, I don't know who's more of a piece of garbage, him or Jesse James, <laughs> but I, I give, I give it to Aaron, jo- Aaron Rodgers at this point. But I mean, this son of a B goes down and just like bing, bam, boom and waits and they kick another field goal. I mean, we beat the green Bay Packers in two games and we lost two games to the Green Bay Packers like is that just ridiculous or I mean <clears throat> stupid like I have here in my notes Grifka one of the only notes I have in this damn football game A-O <laughs> I mean I gotta play it for him because this is the highlight of the whole season A-O oh baby Aaron Rodgers throws a ball up deep with I have here a minute 30 left in the fourth quarter 2020 and A-O oh baby goes up and has one of the greater interceptions I've seen from a Detroit Lions player. And I'm looking at my notes going, it's 20 to 20. And we just picked the ball off around like the 40 yard line. And we lose this game. Like, why can we not make a couple throws, kick a field goal on them and, and, and win? Like, again, I didn't want them to win to ruin the draft pick, but I'm saying like, I'm looking at the thing going like after their play like that, how did we, we had to try to not win. Just makes and then and then Aaron Rodgers just going the, down the field the way like he did. the worst pick there in the world. I don't know. Right. That was just a terrible dude, pick. You throw it right to the guy. And, and like you gave them time to. Like, it's not even like it, we we drove down and they had to go. To, like you gave them the ball and then they just went down and booted with no time left. Like hmm. it was just one of the worst endings ever, except for all the draft nicks like me that were just like. That's so annoying. I hate Aaron Rodgers. The Packers suck. We beat you twice and we have nothing to show for it but I'm happy because that game meant nothing. And um, we secured the number third pick, which while we're recording Griff guy, I just saw a tweet come up that Tua Tunga Vailoa is, uh, has no health concerns moving forward as recheck went perfect. So, Hey, Carolina here. Hey, Miami. Hey, Indy. Hey, Oakland. I mean, er, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, we are open for business and we will take any draft pick. You will give us basically to move down so that we can reshape our team. So Lions lose the last game 23-20 or something like that or yeah, whatever something like that. So that's the season. Very disappointing. We thought they were going to be a lot better. Let's close the book on the season. We're ready to move on, ready to talk draft, free agency, and get better. I mean, there were some flashes on this team, you know, the players that we're um you know, we're we're better than played a little better than what we thought. And there were some guys that we thought played a little worse than what than what we were hoping for but uh you know new season coming up time to put this one behind us get our quarterback back um hopefully people are like no trade him away go get to him because if that's what you're thinking uh, it's gonna be another bad year so um any thoughts on uh, wrapping up the season for you 
Grifka, I got a lot of thoughts, but we've talked a lot about good stuff on the show. I'm writing my notes right now of like you just said, okay, season's done. We rewatch the season heading towards 2020. Obviously, I'm always positive. I'm always looking for the the good in this team, but I'm writing down names right now of guys that are going to make or break us in 2020. You want to know some of the names I just wrote down in two seconds? Please let them be like Agnew and Blau. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. But these are guys that I think, like, as much as I want to be positive, as much as I'm not sure what we're going to get, but I think it's going to really impact our team. So Ty Johnson, Romeo Okwara, Jelani Tavai, Will Harris, like, um, A.O., O. Baby. Like, these are these are crucial guys, and we obviously already talked about carry-on. And, you know, I don't put Hawk down because it's sort of expected that he's going to take a big leap and be an integral player. But those guys that are on the fringe that, like, we really haven't seen them do it at a high level, but we think and hope they can, those are the kind of pieces that need to take that two steps forward plus add good players and free agency in the draft plus have our, our guys that we already know are good. If Slay stays around, Stafford, Flowers, um, hopefully Tracy Walker will come into that realm. Um, you know, and our wideouts be the the key that gets the football team over the top. So I'm I'm real excited. I think some of those swing players I'm going to keep an eye on throughout the process. But yeah, man, uh, like I said, it's on to free agency. It's on to the draft. It's on to 2020. Grifka, I know you're going to be rainbows and butterflies in the off season, and the first thing that goes wrong, you're going to tell me how bad the coach is and how bad everything's going. But I'm here to tell you. I'm here to make you believe that the Lions are going to blow up and going to surprise everybody in the NFL in 2020. Grifka, I don't want to hear your retort right now. I just want to know, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. I'm glad I boxed Grifka into that because I don't want to hear any ums, ums, or negative stuff. Everybody, we closed out the season. We put our eyes back on it. Next time you hear us here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast Wednesday and Friday, we may have signed some players. We may have made a a trade or two. Who knows what's going to happen, but I'm telling you, this is the biggest offseason in the history of the Detroit Lions, and you're going to hear it all here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Follow every minute of it, and Grifka is going to love every second of it. He's going to be the most positive Lions fan ever once everything starts rolling right for this football team. I can't wait to see it, and it starts now. So thank you, everybody. Drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. We'll be back next week talking all things Lions, free agency, probably be 30 days or so to the draft. It's going to be crazy. Can't wait for it. Everybody take care. Have a great weekend. We're out. Drink it in, man.